Good morning. And happy Mother's Day to all of the moms today. So glad to worship the Lord with you in this place today. Uh, today is a day we give thanks for the strength of women uh, in our midst. We are thankful for our moms. And uh, as a church family, we're thankful for the women uh, who serve as our spiritual mothers, uh, those relationships that are so wonderful in our lives. So we are giving thanks today uh, for the women. Uh, and, and as Pastor Ben already helped us with in prayer, uh, I always want to acknowledge on Mother's Day that this is a day that can hold some complex feelings. I've certainly experienced that in my own journey over the years as well. Uh, for some of us, it's a day of celebration and reminiscing. Maybe you'll be gathering with uh, family members or talking with family members on the phone today. Um, but I also know that it can be a difficult day. Sometimes days like this uh, remind us of strained relationships that are difficult to navigate. Sometimes um, these are the days that, that our hearts ache all the more uh, for a mom or for a loved one who has passed away. Um, sometimes these are the days that are uh, very hard when we remember the loss of a child in our lives or when we remember uh, the desire for a child. It's one of those days that can bring uh, joy and also grief and loss and disappointment. Uh, and I just want to remind you today that wherever you find yourself and whatever emotions might be at the surface for you, our God and Savior, he welcomes us to come just as we are. And you are welcome in this place. Well, today, uh, we are going to continue. Uh, we're on part three of our series called Spirit Lead Me. Uh, you know, we began in this series in week one, and we talked about uh, this idea that we have that's foundational to our faith of the Trinity. And that is, we have one God who is expressed in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when we choose to follow God, when we receive salvation, we are invited to walk then in relationship with God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We talked together about how baptism is a wonderful expression of that as we're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, as Pastor Ben shared with us as well, uh, next Sunday is Baptism Day. I can hardly wait. I love Baptism Days. Uh, and if, you, if God is moving in your heart and nudging you to take that step, if you have chosen to follow Jesus and have yet to be baptized, I want to encourage you to take that step. Come talk with Pastor Ben or myself after the service, and we'd love to tell you um, about what that will be like next week as we get ready for that. So uh, we began this series talking about the Trinity, talking about the power of baptism in our lives and the power of that symbol in our lives. And then in week two, we looked at the promise of the Holy Spirit dwelling with us. As it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. What an incredible promise that is for us to know that, that the Holy Spirit actually dwells with us. 
when we think about that, we might find ourselves asking the question, well, well, when and how does that happen? When do I get more of the Holy Spirit in my life? We find ourselves wanting and longing for God's power of his presence in our lives. And yet, perhaps there is a better question for us to ask, and it is this. When does the Holy Spirit get more of me? That's a hard question for us and a very important one. As we commit our lives to, to give God full access to who we are, nothing held back as we invite the Holy Spirit to dwell in every part of who we are. Well, today we're going to continue uh, in this series, and we're asking the question today, what does it look like to experience the Spirit leading us in our daily, ordinary lives? What does it look like for, for the Spirit to lead us, for us to walk through our, our regular Monday and know that the Spirit is dwelling with us and actually impacting the way in which we live our daily lives? Now, I know as we talk about the Spirit, uh, we may come from different perspectives and have different experiences in the room. Uh, perhaps you've learned about the Holy Spirit before. Perhaps you could even talk about the way in which you experience the Spirit working in your life. Or maybe for, for some of you, perhaps this idea of the Holy Spirit working in us is a bit more of a mysterious idea to you, maybe a, a new concept. And maybe you find yourself leaning in and wanting to know more, or maybe you feel a little unsure or uneasy about that. That's okay. If this topic of the Holy Spirit is new for you or challenging, you are not alone in that. There was a student who was studying theology and, and remarked to his professor, you know, God the Father makes perfectly good sense to me. And God the Son, I can quite understand. But God the Holy Spirit is a gray oblong blur. <laughs> I like that. I think in some ways that's how many of us may feel, this mysterious confusion surrounding the work of the Holy Spirit. I heard about a pastor who was trying to illustrate the way that the Spirit works. And, and so uh, she had an object lesson with a group of children, and she called them together. She took a piece of paper, and she blew on it, letting it fly away into the air. And she explained that, that the Spirit moves much like the wind, that we can see these very real visible effects, even though the wind itself is invisible. A six-year-old who was a part of this blurted out, but I want the wind to be uninvisible. <laughs> I think that sentiment is one that uh, we can relate to. That, that's what we want with the Holy Spirit, for it to not feel so mysterious. We want the work of the Spirit to be a little more uninvisible in our lives. You know, when we study uh, the Spirit in the Scripture, uh, we see that the Spirit moves in unseen ways. And, and just like that illustration that that pastor did, uh, we find a number of images that we draw from the Scripture. Uh, images that in many ways are non-personal images. Um, so because of that, sometimes we think of the Spirit as it. And we might refer to the Spirit as 
it. Because some of the images in Scripture, these non-personal images of wind or dove or fire or water or oil. But, you know, we talked about at the beginning, and I want to emphasize again today, that when we talk about the Spirit, we talk about the Spirit not as it, but as a person, of the Holy Spirit. Not person meaning a human, but rather we're describing a relational being. This is really important when we study the Holy Spirit because we are invited into a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And that is good news. Because you know what that means, that even if it does feel a little mysterious to us, if this is a relationship in our lives, then we have an opportunity to grow in that relationship. That that can change, that that it can become less mysterious and more known. We can get to know the Spirit even better. So we're talking about who the Spirit is and how he works. And as we do so, uh, our language matters as we try to wrap our mind around this. So I want to encourage you, uh, be careful not to treat the Holy Spirit as a concept, but rather as a person. See, if we talk about the Holy Spirit as an it, then we're more likely to think about the Holy Spirit as a force that we can control or we can harness. But if the Spirit is a person, then the focus is on the relationship. Now, our experience with the Holy Spirit should not be approached as a formula. The Holy Spirit is not under our control. But the good news is, we don't need to try to control the Holy Spirit because we can rest assured. First, we are promised the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, uh, we find this in John chapter 14. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you, and he will be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. We don't need to try and control the Holy Spirit because we are promised the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit is present with us. I love the way that the psalmist describes it in the beloved Psalm 139. In the midst of that, we find this. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. What a powerful promise that is of the Spirit's active presence in our lives. And finally, God is not stingy with his Spirit. I am so grateful for that truth. God is not stingy with his Spirit. In Luke chapter 11, we find this teaching of Jesus, and Jesus said this, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. 
And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What a wonderful promise that is. God is not stingy with his spirit. And so when we ask God for more of the spirit in our lives, the Lord is gracious to us. Well, this being said, let's turn now to this question. What does it look like? If these things are true about who the spirit is and how he is promised in our lives, then what does it look like in our daily life to be led by the spirit? Well, today we're going to turn to Galatians chapter 5 as our primary text today. And we're going to, to dive in, and, and I think we'll find some helpful direction there. We'll look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 26. But before we read that entire passage, I want to pull out the second to last sentence in that passage. Because I think in many ways we can read it as a headline, as the big idea that is over this text. And it is simply this in Galatians 5.25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I really love that statement, keep in step with the Spirit. One of the reasons that I, that I love that invitation uh, is because it helps us to think about our relationship with the Spirit, right? We just talked about that, the Spirit as a person. When you think about taking a walk and staying in step with someone, it gives you the idea of a relationship that you have together. Uh, you know, the weather is getting so much nicer. Praise the Lord. I'm, aren't you grateful? Spring is coming. I think we're going to go straight to summer this week, though. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I'm so grateful that it's warm. And I know uh, many of us are outside taking walks and enjoying the wonderful weather. And it's especially fun to take a walk with someone. I wonder, do you have someone that you like to walk with? A good walking buddy you get some good talks and conversation in along the way? But do you ever have someone, I'm not asking you to actually say the name, do you ever have someone who you do not want to walk with, right? Do you ever walk with someone who has a much slower pace than you? And you're trying really hard to just not walk in front of them, like, come on now, come on. You know, you're trying to get them along. Or have you ever walked with someone who's a really fast walker and, and they're leaving you in the dust, right? I think about uh, sometimes when, when we go, if we're going to the zoo or out for a big day with our kids and, and Dan uh, will sometimes look at his pedometer at the end of the day and say, wow, look how many steps I got in. And, and we'll say to ourselves, you know, if we did this many steps, I wonder how many steps our five-year-old Anna Kate put in <laughs> because her legs have to move about double, right, to keep up with our stride. We think about this idea of staying in step together. We know what that's like human to human. And here we are invited to think about our relationship with the Spirit, 
This idea that we can actually stay in step together. That there's some intentionality that we're invited to there. That, that we get to be aware of one another. Do you know the Holy Spirit is fully aware of you? He knows you today. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. And he's inviting you to become more aware of him. It takes effort for us to stay in step together. So the Apostle Paul, now in Galatians chapter 5, gives us some teaching and gives us a vision for what it's like to be in step with the Spirit. So let's take a look at this passage together. Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Now, let me pause here just just one moment because I, I want us to not rush past this very first sentence. Because you see, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it is about our freedom. This is the good news of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Now remember, we've talked about this many times before. When we think about what real true freedom is, real true freedom is not the absence of any rule, right? It's the right kind of rule for life. And this is what the Spirit has in mind for us. The kind of living that gives us true life and true freedom. So let's look at at this passage. Again, it begins, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. As we read this opening to this part of the passage, we are so clearly uh, told here that, that life in the Spirit is not just about our own personal relationship with God, but it is in the context of community. Uh, the, the joy of experiencing the Spirit at work in our lives is that we get to, to live out that invitation to love our neighbor as ourself. After all, if we're going to experience the work of the Holy Spirit in our daily, ordinary lives, you know what happens, right? What happens in our daily lives? Other humans, right? And this is is where we get to learn to live it out and what it means um, to have the Spirit working in our lives, in our relationships with others. Let's continue, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You are not under the law because Life with the Spirit is so much more than simply following some rules. As we read this passage, that is so clear. 
This is a relationship with the Spirit that, that impacts every part of our lives and who we are. And Paul's describing for us this process, this tension, that it's not always so easy. He's drawing our attention to that. The moments when we have to make the decision in our lives, who's in charge? You know, I think about uh, when my son Will was uh, about five years old, I think, and he had made the decision already to invite Jesus to live in his heart. And, and at bedtime, we often talked about that and talked about what that meant uh, for Jesus to be with him. And I remember one particular evening as he sat on his bed in his pajamas as we were talking together about Jesus in his heart. And, and I said, you know, Will, you know what that means, right? It means that God is in charge. Will looked at me, and his eyes got really big, and he responded very dramatically by doing a full face plant down into the bed, and I heard his muffled voice in the mattress say loudly, I don't like that part. (laughs) And I've always remembered that moment with Will because I said, wow, you get it at five, and you know what? For the rest of your life, (laughs) that's the hard part. Who's in charge? And the Apostle Paul, as he writes to the Galatians, is is describing for us, there will be a tension for us. There will be moments, very ordinary moments, when we get to make choices about the things that come out of our mouths or the behaviors that we choose or things that we indulge or, or ways that we choose to serve. There will be all kinds of things that happen in very daily, ordinary moments when we have to make the decision who's in charge and what's driving who I am. That is the hard part and it is also the best part. (laughs) Because you see, when we live in step with the Spirit, we begin to understand that what the Spirit has for us, the kind of life and freedom and joy that the Spirit has for us is far better than anything else that we could imagine or create on our own. Because he's not trying to spoil our fun. He wants good for us and life and freedom and things that are truly fulfilling. His way is always better than our own. And the hard work that it takes to surrender and to trust his leading is worth it. Paul goes on to describe this tension in our lives. Let's look at verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is a powerful passage for for our lives, this beautiful picture of what it looks like for us to be led by the Spirit. Of course, most famously in this passage, you may know that list, the fruit of the Spirit. Have you heard that before? Maybe you've even memorized it along the way. I remember fairly early in my walk with the Lord, I learned about this passage But uh, I approached it as a to-do list. In fact, I actually rephrased it in my own life and my own understanding. I don't know how I did this, but, but this is what I came up with. And it sounded like this. I should have more. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I should have more of these. And so the way that that was translated in my life was this. Try harder. Try harder. Work harder. Do more of these things. Be better. But do you know, it took me some time in my life to realize that isn't what the scripture says. The sentence begins... The fruit of the Spirit is. Whose fruit is it? The Spirit. This is how the Spirit works. The Spirit exhibits these things. The Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. This is the Spirit who dwells within you. So you see, when we read about this invitation to walk with the Spirit, that means that we're discovering who God is and how he works in and through us, and that these are the things that can be true in our daily lives, not because of our own strength, not because we're trying harder, but because we are making more room for him. And we're inviting the Spirit to do these things in us. I don't know about you, but, but on my worst days when I'm struggling, these are not the words that would naturally describe who I am or my attitude. <laughs> but when I open my life to the power and the presence of the Spirit, this is what he provides that I don't have on my own. But this is who he is and how he works. This is our invitation to keep in step with the Spirit, to surrender more of our lives. I love near the beginning of John's gospel, he describes what John the Baptist says so succinctly and so powerfully. He must become greater, I must become less. What a powerful statement that is. A number of years ago, I heard one of my mentors, Pastor Jim Cook, ask this question. What would it look like to cultivate a relationship with the Spirit, allowing Him to transform you rather than simply trying harder on your own? So I want to encourage you, as you get ready to head into Monday this week, 
to begin to envision what it might look like for you to experience uh, being in step with the Spirit and His leading in your life. What might happen if you experience the Holy Spirit guiding your words? Do you ever have those moments when you're thinking about what you're going to say and, and whether or not those words should come out of your mouth? And do you ever have that moment of a little bit of a pause? Should I say that? The Holy Spirit can help us with our words in those moments to speak kindness. <laughs> what, what might happen if you experience the leading of the Holy Spirit in your thought life? That when you find your thoughts start going in a place where they shouldn't, that the Spirit can lead you to life-giving thoughts, to goodness, and to self-control. What might happen when you're thinking about some behaviors that you're thinking about indulging if you experience the Spirit leading you and providing love and patience and gentleness? See, we are promised that the Spirit dwells with us moment by moment, that he will impart wisdom for us, that we'll have moments where he will correct us and, and redirect us. They'll have moments when, when we're prompted to praise and worship to remember who God is. That we'll find the Spirit helping us as we pray. That the Spirit will prompt us to notice needs around us. We'll begin to see other people. We'll see God's kingdom at work. We will see ways that the Spirit has placed gifts within us so that we can serve others and help them encounter Jesus. See, my friends, the Spirit is so generous. He's so kind. He is so good. And He is our helper. So, today, as we study this scripture together, I, I want to ask you what if? What if we were to look at this passage of scripture? Not as a guilt-inducing critique of ways that we are falling short. But what if we experience this as a grace-filled invitation? That today can be a new day. The invitation to, to experience life and freedom. To experience the Spirit leading us in our daily lives. Maybe today as you come into this place, you find yourself feeling out of step with the Spirit. And today is an opportunity for things to change. For you to surrender your life and your heart more to the Lord. For a fresh start and a new beginning. So today I want to encourage you to commit yourself to listening to the voice of the Spirit. You know, one of the prayers that I frequently pray is this, Lord, help me to be sensitive to the move of your spirit in our midst. Lord, help me to be sensitive to the move of your spirit in our midst. Do you know what happens when we pray that way? When we open our hearts to God's leading in our lives? The more you listen, the more you hear, because you begin to know his voice. 
And the more you obey, the closer that you walk and you experience the joy of his presence. You see, this is an active relationship and it can grow. We can do better at staying in step with the spirit and it requires something of us. So today, let's experience this grace-filled invitation to be in step with the Spirit. And as we do so, I want us to end the service in a little different way today. And I want us to pray for one another. Aren't you grateful that we don't have to do this alone? <laughs> Aren't you grateful that, that God's great design is that we follow him in the context of community, that we need each other? It's why we show up in the body of Christ, because we are in a journey together. We are the body of Christ together, and we need to strengthen and encourage one another along the way. And so let's do that today. The worship team is going to come now. Uh, come on up, guys, and, and they're going to prepare to lead us. We're going to close the service today with a beautiful song called The Blessing. It's taken from Numbers chapter 6 that we find in the scripture. The lyrics of the song say this, The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you. He is for you. What a powerful promise that is. This song is, is spoken as, or is sung as a prayer of blessing. And so as we close our service with this song today, I want you to, to sing this as a prayer. And I want you to pray for the people in this room. Pray for each other and know that you are being prayed for. I could use some prayer today. Could anyone else use some prayer today? Let's pray for each other. And not just in this room, let's pray for those who are watching online. Ken and Anita, we know you're watching online today. We love you and we are praying for you. And there are many others as well. Let's pray for them too because we need each other. Friends, we're on this journey to be led by the Spirit. This is our prayer. Will you stand and let's pray together.
Oh, our gracious God, Lord, we are so grateful for the way that you love us. Lord, we thank you that you are for us. Lord, I know that you have heard our prayers in this, in this place as we lift up one another to you. God, thank you for not being finished with us yet. God, I pray for us that we would be people who are led by your Holy Spirit. That, Lord, in the daily, ordinary moments that we would walk in step with the Spirit. God, we pray for one another. And Lord, we uh, receive those prayers, those promises today for who you are and how you work. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for the way that you love us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.